Hi, this is John Barnes, and you're listening to Cop On. The peak's proud height the Spaniards all admire, yet in their breasts carry a pride much higher. Only to this vast hill a power is given, at once both to inhabit earth and heaven. But this stupendous prospect did not near make them admire so much as they did fear. For here they met with news which did produce a grief above the cure of grapes' best juice. They learned with terror that nor summer's heat nor winter's storms had made your fleet retreat. To fight against such foes was vain, they knew, which did the rage of elements subdue, who on the ocean that does horror give to all besides triumphantly do live. Hello and welcome to episode 34 of Cop On, you buttery, syrupy flapjack. Those opening lines were from a 17th century poem entitled On the Victory Obtained by Blake Over the Spaniards. In this episode, we will, be, we will naturally be focusing on the victory obtained by Klopp over the Spaniards, over the Catalans, the Brazilians, the Uruguayan, etc. This episode contains the tiniest smattering of language that some people might find coarse or vulgar, and those same people would probably appreciate being forewarned of such language. Consider this a forewarning, then, although please, in future, try not to be such a twat. You can follow us on Twitter at CopOnPodcast. You can email us your nudes to coponpodcast at gmail.com or you can support us via patreon.com forward slash coponpodcast and make a contribution for as little as one, just one, US dollar per month. Joining me in this episode are Karen, Fergus and Copon debutante Shane. I thoroughly, thoroughly hope you enjoy. And my first question to them was... Are you like me? In that, before kickoff, about an hour before kickoff, I was thinking, I saw the teams, and I was thinking, well, we have the same chances I thought. You know, as I had thought about, you know, yesterday morning, maybe a 5% chance, maybe less. You know, you play this game a hundred times. How many times are Liverpool going to win by three clear goals against this Barcelona team? With all of our injuries, maybe 5%, maybe less. But by the time I heard you'll never walk alone before kickoff, and I heard that sound swirling around Anfield, and I saw the faces, the animal zoo-like faces of of the people in the crowd, and the way that that sound seemed to swirl around and create this magical, spiritual, wonderful um, um, mantra of 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 you know, it was absolutely magnificent, and my belief kept going up and up. And by the time I, it was the second goal, it was Jeannie's first goal, our second goal, that was the moment when I thought, yes, it's on again. This Liverpool team is the fucking greatest. It's the greatest club in the world because we're going to fucking do this. And that was when Jeannie scored his first goal, our second goal. That was the moment when I thought, heck Yes. Karen, starting with you, was there a particular moment when you thought this is definitely on now? I think it was um, before the kickoff when all the fans uh, were singing You Never Walk Alone. 
it was spine tingling and i knew it that this is the moment this is the game that that will um write us in the history and look just what happened um right from the kick off the first minute we had a chance and if it wasn't uh, the block by jordi alba we would be one up in one minute um so it i think it was that moment you never walk alone where i thought that this is it and uh, this game is ours and uh, barcelona have no chance whatsoever to come back into the game and even before the game i was doing my best what i really do best is to stay calm and positive but my brother kept saying the word impossible repeatedly and i just told him you know what just watch the game with me support liverpool for this game alone and just witness history and i said okay i'll do that and i was watching the game with him and we just saw history excellent answer uh, fergus what about you was there a particular moment well i think that um having been a, a long time liverpool fan i know that uh, magic happens especially at anfield uh, magic happens for liverpool and with liverpool um i sent out a message in the whatsapp group because there's a lot of negativity swirling around and a few defeatist uh, voices but um you know i i put uh, I, i wrote a message saying that um that at half time we were 3-0 down with 45 minutes to go this time we're 3-0 down and we have 90 minutes to go plus extra time so in fact the job and we have a much better team than we did have then so uh, i always thought it was it, it it was possible whether i truly believed it was going to happen is another thing because it it didn't seem like uh you know the chances are slim but i always knew it was possible and um when i really started to believe was as soon as the seventh the the, the goal went in from marigi in the seventh minute i thought okay comeback is on and at half time i texted my brother and i said you know the comeback comeback is on and i kn- i knew it was happening then the only slight doubt in my mind was that if um Barca got one away goal that would really you know make it more difficult for us but even then we could possibly score five uh, but that that would be the one sort of fly in the ointment is if uh, if Barca got one so yeah I was believing it as the match went on and and as soon as Origi scored that was it for me it was on brilliant answer as well it's it's it, i mean it's a special club um shane it's your cop on debut welcome to cop on podcast what a time to start i believe it's about 5:15 in the morning in los angeles you've just woken up i'm going to ask you the same question was there a, a particular point when you thought this is it we've got this now when was that point and uh, also did you dream about divok did you dream about genie did you dream about trent and that corner all right thank you so much owen i i i'm absolutely thrilled to be on the show um yeah honestly uh <laughs> i mean how can anyone still be digesting what we just witnessed i mean i'm i'm so nervous to say that I mean did we did I just watch the greatest game of football I will ever see and as an American I want to apologize in advance to all the listeners if I accidentally say soccer I <laughs> we, <laughs> forgive a, a, we forgive you it's your culture we're culturally sensitive here it's, it's no a, problem it's a dirty american habit so I appreciate your understanding <laughs> um but yeah so did i believe the whole time of course i did at what point did i start believing i i would have to say i was i was uh, right there with fergus in the uh, in the group chat about trying to call out a lot of the negativity because as long as i mean i follow in klopp's uh, footsteps or i follow his words or philosophy or mentality when it comes to this and if there's as long as there's an opportunity and that's all we really want and that's all we really work for is just for an opportunity and as long as there's an opportunity I mean this team has proven to us time and time again whether it's Dortmund or even just the uh, the the first uh, Premier League game I remember from 2016 when we had that thriller against Arsenal 4 to 3 just uh, any time that we are down or we go back and forth exchanging leads there's just something about this team that knows how to dig in deep um and so yeah I would say <sighs> I in my wildest dreams when I when I went to sleep the night before no I did not I did not dream for nothing I I but I I yeah I don't know I'm just at a loss for words for what we witnessed but I definitely 
my belief started before then. Um, but to say exactly I knew how it was going to all shake out, no. Um, but, yeah, I knew the comeback was on as soon as we got that first goal. As soon as we got that first goal, I thought we were going to get that first goal when, with Jordan Henderson in that first minute when it just went past his toe. Uh, I believe Jordy Alba poked it wide. Uh, but, um, yeah, as soon as that first goal went in with Divock, I knew something special was going to happen. Marvellous answer. Marvellous answer. Yeah. I mean, let's talk about him. The man, Divock. That goal. I mean, I'm going to go through the goals one by one. It was the seventh minute. Um, and it was a long pass by Matip. And there was a there was a mistake, a, a, a dodgy back header. I think it was by, uh, by Jordi Alba. I'm not sure. But long pass by... By Matip, long diagonal, and of, and uh, Manny, his control was magical. And then he gave it to Hendo in Hendo's new sort of number eight stroke number ten position, D- dancing into the box, the right-footed Messi. Forget Lionel, we got Jordan, um, dancing through them all. Um, you know, skipping around uh, that save and that finish, Divock. Um, he doesn't really know how to celebrate goals, they say. Uh, you know, they call it a, you know, a confused, loopy run, is what, how I heard it described. Um, I love his celebrations because he's just, I don't know, he's just there, he scores, and it's like, I don't know, like he's paying at the supermarket, you know, for his shopping, something he does regularly. It's absolutely marvellous. Divock, Divock. Divock, Karan, um, he's got two goals in the, in the Champions League semi-final. Uh, what a guy. I think uh, the first goal was really good. I really enjoy Henderson being, you know, charging towards the box, helping out our teammates to score goals. And um, the way he just danced around in that, in that area and um, shot straight to Testagen was really the key. And uh, Origi had acres of space to just slot it in into the empty net. And from that point onwards, um, I think uh, we had this coming that we're going to score more than one in this first half. I'll probably carry 2 0 lead in the, in the half time and then score the remaining goals in half in the other half. But um, not just uh, not just that, we defended really well. Um, Barcelona had really good chances um, to score, uh, particularly the one where Messi had acres of space and uh, Matip just had a vital block. Um, and then the chances kept coming for them, but then they just wasted them and uh, the chances we had, we took them. So it was just like uh, the first leg at Camp Nou. We had chances, we couldn't take them, they did, and uh, they punished us. But now we did. We didn't just punish them, we embarrassed them. So I think that was a really um, that was a really good point for me. Um, the second goal was uh, massive. I mean, Trent Trent could not claim the assist because it was deflected off a Barcelona player, but he was there at the right moment at the right time and he just slotted the ball in, two 0 Third goal was I have no idea what to describe. I was just talking to my father about the second goal and why Andy Robertson was taken off because he was sleeping and he heard me shouting. So I was explaining him the second goal and all the events of the game so far, and we scored the third one. Um, so that was uh, surprising for me, but I was really happy. And uh, the fourth goal was something I've never seen before that was genius. Um, it was very instinctive, and all the goals were beautiful. We punished them at the right moments, and uh, they just left... Uh, embarrassing so I'm really happy I'm really really happy it's it's beautiful isn't it it's such a beautiful beautiful game I mean yeah to, to reminisce about it already uh, it's it's absolutely it's worth it will be it will live forever in in Liverpool's history 4-0 comeback I, I mean it, I'm still in shock um the goals I mean that that corner uh Fergus that corner well, it was fantastic because I think by then Barcelona had been cowed by the crowd, by Liverpool's aggression. They were losing 3-0 and they, it, they're, it, they're like um, a boxer in the ring who's been 
beaten about the head so badly that they're just staggering around. And that's how they felt. And at that stage, I think, you know, they were probably so out of breath in the box getting ready for the corner. Trent was about to take it. And then he was, he was it wasn't a routine. Trent was about to take it. And then he just uh, decided to let um, Shakiri take it with a left foot inswinger. But then as he was about to hand over to Shakiri, he just noticed that uh, Divock was uh, alone in the box. So, and they, they, they obviously connected, their eyes met. And Trent just sliced a nice right foot uh, outswinger with the inside of his boot into to Divock, who just volleyed it into basically an empty net. The keeper was standing there, but Barca were, were so shocked. And that was it. That was the fourth goal, and the whole place just went crazy then. And that was the completion of the comeback. Yeah, and it was, it was an amazing night. I think everyone's in, in, in um, you know, everyone was just blown away by what happened last night, including all the Liverpool fans. Uh, there was lots of letters on Football 365 today from fans of all different clubs. And so many people were just in shock and awe about what happened last night. And it was absolutely incredible. And I think, you know, there's very few clubs in the world who can manage that like Liverpool did. Totally. And, and yeah, Trent, I mean, it was such quick thinking. I mean, he said, I heard a, a, an interview with him, I think it was from BT Sports, not sure. And uh, he said, yes, I mean, you know, he just confirmed it was completely improvised. Um, you know, he saw the opportunity. I mean, brilliant to see that opportunity. And, you know, it was so audacious. It was so cheeky. It was so intelligent. Um, you know, it was it was in some ways the most scouse way to win a football match. And I mean that with the greatest of love. It was absolutely fantastic, that that stuff. And uh, Jeannie Vinealdum, Shane, came off the bench at half-time, got two goals um, and also the best uh, dribble I've ever seen in terms of holding off four Barcelona players. And then was it a Cruyff flick that he did to beat all four players and, and uh, get into space? That was terrific. But uh, the two goals and his contribution, um, uh, what can you say about it, Shane? Yes, absolutely right. I don't even know what kind of coy flick you call that. But yes, I was at the uh, Supporters Club here in Los Angeles. If anyone ever gets a chance to uh, visit and wants to see a great match uh, for Liverpool, Joxer Daly's is a wonderful Irish pub. And I was there in that moment when Jeannie did that, that cheeky sort of back heel, back toe flick behind him. I mean, the whole place erupted, absolutely erupted. And you're absolutely right. Jeannie was invaluable. I mean, at halftime, whenever you, um, Andrew Robinson, you know, his calf gets the absolutely raked down. And we're thinking, what kind of potent attack could we have in the absence of Andrew Robinson? And then we put on Jeannie at halftime. Klopp's put puts on Jeannie. And, and he's a difference maker. He absolutely brings this spark, this energy, this ball-winning ability, this sort of di directness that, that got us goals, that really created um, just something special with us, especially in tandem with uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold on, on our second goal. Um, I almost gave uh, Genie Vinaldum man of the match for me personally just because of how important his finishing was. I mean, we created opportunities in the first leg, and I was torn back and forth between do I give it to someone like Trent for creating the opportunities or do I give it to somebody like Jeannie for clinically putting them away? Um, I mean, <laughs> what's more, you know, what's more valuable? I mean, both are, both are equally valuable. They're just two different parts to the same song, if, you, if you'll bear with me on that one. But, uh, but yeah, he, he's a monster. He's a lion. I mean, just the way that he was running and celebrating after he scored that fourth goal from that, uh, I mean, sorry, for, uh, when he scored the third goal, when, he, when we tied it on aggregate. I mean, I just, it, it, you saw how much it meant to him and how much it means to the club. And I feel like up until this season, he might have been one of the unsung heroes. But after this season, after all that he does and everything else, I just, I mean, I'm getting ready to build my Gene Vinealdum statue here at my house. Yeah, there are loads. I mean, yeah, I've, I said it in a previous episode. I've I've ordered the marble, uh, you know, the finest Italian marble, and it's a massive block. And I'm going to make a Mount Rushmore thing. It's it's larger than the Eiffel Tower, uh, so it'll be the new monument uh, in Paris. It'll probably take about two hundred years, but uh, you know, that's my plan. Um, uh, yes, 
Uh, and uh, Vijnaldum will be on the Rushmore, of course. Uh, speaking of man of the match, I mean, yeah, he could have been your man of the match, could have been my man of the match, but, but I, would have give, I would give it to Trent personally. We do a little player ratings table at Copon, um, you know, amongst the people in our WhatsApp group, and, uh, you know, looking at it now, um, there are loads of 10s, <laughs> loads of our players got 10 out of 10, and rightly so, for their performance yesterday. Truly extraordinary. I mean, you're looking at Feb, Fabinho, Henderson, uh, Matip, Trent, Allison. Um, they were all the unanimous 10 out of 10s. Um, uh, for me, Trent, <laughs> um, I've only seen two other players. Um, Fergus, I'm going to go a different way. Fergus, I've only seen two other players uh, in my life dominate the right-hand side of the field as well as Trent dominated last night. They're both Brazilian. One of them was Cafu and one of them was Danny Elves. And um, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if, if, if Cafu or Danny Elves did it against Jordi Elba and Messi and Coutinho all on his side. Uh, it was absolutely phenomenal. Um, have you ever seen anything like it, Fergus? Apart from Cafu or Danny Elvis, I'm really, I'm really struggling here. No, I think uh, Trent. You know, he showed last night that he's he's a genius. Um, you know, he's very young. It's early early in his career to be able to say things like that. But um, you know, he has this. Um, you know, we don't want to build him up too much, but it seems like he's born to be to be great. He's possibly born to be a Liverpool captain. You know, we, we, we had a, a previous great scouser in uh, Gerard who, who, who took the, the club um, to enormous heights, basically on his own a lot of the time because we had a, a lot of the time we had a struggling team. We had a team that didn't match him in terms of ability. Um, Trent is, is far more fortunate in, in a way in that he's, he's surrounded by great players. Um, He's he had a totally unbelievable game. I think he got two assists last night. Correct me if I'm wrong. But um, in terms of right backs, it's very hard. I mean, I, I was thinking, I, I sometimes just for a bit of fun put together the, the best ever Liverpool eleven that I've seen in my head. And um, right now, Phil Neal is there uh, because of what he achieved, how many trophies he achieved. I mean, that's going back quite a while now. He probably retired in the, in the mid-80s. Um, but uh, Trent is, is already knocking on the door. And uh, as uh, if and when we start to accumulate trophies with Trent in the team, he'll certainly be in there for me. And as for the best right-backs ever in the world, well, it's hard to say. He, he's, he's young now, but that was certainly an amazing performance last night. Fantastic. And who was, who was, your, I mean, who was your man of the match, uh, uh, Fergus? I, th I mean, it's, I would say there were 10 man of the matches, and that's a bit of a, a cop-out. Uh, but... Uh, the 10, I gave all of the players 10 last night. I don't think, really, I suppose Matip um, uh, deserves special mention because, I mean, there's a lot of people saying that, uh, that uh, he's only keeping the place, you know, keeping, keeping the, the, the shirt warm for, for Lovren coming back. But I think Lovren, Lovren has just now been, been left in Matip's wake. Matip, e even now, I'd rather, I mean, Matip has taken the place from Gomez. It's going to be hard for Gomez. We know great, Gomez is a great player and we like him. We love him, but um, it's going to be hard for, uh, for even Gomez to get back in the side after that performance last night by Matip and how he's played since uh, the turn of the year. So man of the match, I would have to give it to Genie for coming on. It was interesting. In some of the feed, there was quite a lot of feed last night. One of the feed, the, 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 the interviews uh, post-match was, was Genie on the pitch. And he, he was asked, you know, how come, you know, what happened during the match? And, and how come he, you know, about the two goals? And he just said, I was so angry at the manager for leaving me out. And that's what, that's, that's what happened so for leaving him on the bench. And he was sincere in that. I don't think he was uh, having a joke about that. I think he was very angry at being left out. And that's an interesting insight because we don't often get those insights from the Liverpool dressing room. So I give my man the match to, uh, to Genie. I mean, you can't argue with any of them, really, can you? Shane, another another player who deserves extra special mention is Alisson. Um, 
he made two two saves of of note. One when Messi he he um, flicked a, a Messi shot over the bar, and then the big one was was Jordi Alba who was clean through on a counter attack, uh, a one on one, and he saved it. Got up, picked up the the, the bouncing ball, um, you know, and and it was just so important and I'm so happy we've got this goalkeeper who not only saved us last night but you know he you could say he's the reason we're there in the first place because of that wonder save uh, against Napoli um please give, give us a few words on on Alison Ramesses Becker absolutely Alison Becker what a keeper what investment what what a gift did we get in a goalkeeper? I mean, uh, yeah, there's not there's not enough words. Um, that that first goal that he uh, the first save that he made, yeah, you're absolutely right. When Messi's coming over the top and he just shoots his hand, his right hand straight up just to get it over the bar. I mean, he kept us in the whole match. Uh, I really do think there's an intimidation factor that Allison has on attackers too. So for example, when Jordi Alba is coming clean through, there is something. To, uh, to the fact that how big Allison can make himself and how intimidating and how much of a, a mental effect a keeper like that can have on an attacking force. Um, and it, he didn't really seem to have that effect uh, in the first leg. But in this leg at Anfield, it, it seemed like it was in full effect. Um, yeah, I was just absolutely happy with his performance. Uh, it, <laughs> there was even a moment before then, not just uh, before that last one where Jordi Alba was clean through with the bouncing ball where Allison turned around and grabbed it. There was one, I think it was still Jordi Alba, and he was coming through, and he was one-on-one with Allison, and all he had to do was keep sprinting and walk it basically into the net. But the fact that he was so scared of Allison Becker, he tries cutting it back to Messi at the top of the box. And Messi wasn't even exactly anticipating it, and he doesn't get a clean shot off, and it was saved. And Messi just looked back at Jordi Alba like, <laughs> what are you doing? Just go in yourself. But, I mean, how could you against quite a keeper like that? Yeah, that's a fabulous answer. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. Yeah, it, it, there is this factor, isn't it? This intimidation thing. He looks massive. You know, he looks intimidating. You know, you wouldn't want to, I don't know, make a risky joke about one of his family members or anything like that, would you? Alison, gosh, he would, oh yeah, he's terrifying. But, you know, he's, he's, um, he's glorious. Um, I, I wanted also... I mean, you know, in a match where so many players get get 10 out of 10, I also want to talk about the manager. So I'm going to stay with you, Shane. Jürgen, have a little bit of Jurgen Klopp appreciation. I don't think we do it enough on Cop on Podcast. In fact, I'm sure we don't. Because, you know, I think you could do 50 individual episodes on the brilliance of Jurgen Klopp, and we haven't done that yet. But, uh, you know, just to remind you, when he took over, it was uh, the 15th of October 2015, um, we were 10th in the league. We were, um, we were behind uh, Southampton, Crystal Palace, West Ham, Leicester and even Everton. When he took over, we were 10th. Um, we were a laughing stock in Europe, having been hammered by Real Madrid at home. Uh, you know, we played, I don't know who we played. I think uh, I think uh, Ron Yates came back from retirement to play in that game. Um, that was, you know, embarrassing. We'd lost 6-1 at Stoke not long before. And now we're in our second Champions League final in a row. And not only that, Shane, not only that, we're favourites and it's only been three and a half years. Jurgen Klopp, you know, in what ways, I mean, there's a whole list of them, can you think that, can you tell, you know, what, what, what immediately springs to mind about how we've improved under Jurgen fabulous Klopp? Yes, uh, Jurgen Klopp, he is leading us to this promised land that we believe that we belong as a club. He's leading us to this level, this caliber of play, this level of football, this entertaining brand worldwide that everyone respects, everyone loves. He's, in, he's given us back our never-say-die spirit. 
that was there during under the greatest managers, under Shankly, under Paisley, that things that were around before I was alive. But from everything that I've read and I have seen, he's created his own special atmosphere, his own special or he's reinvigorated or he's brought it back or reawakened it. But I mean, I could see Jurgen Klopp here at Liverpool for the next 10 years. I mean, I don't see I don't see this going any other way, but up, up, up exponential growth in every single way. And I, <laughs> I know this is probably a, a, a Liverpool pipe fan dream, but I mean, I don't see I don't see anyone else being manager before Steven Gerrard other than other than Jurgen Klopp. And I just I feel like he's going to he's going to grow uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold into the captain that he will be one day for our club. And I just he's a tactician. He's an inspirational manager. He's he's a systems manager. There's just so many great things that he does about bringing players out. I just yeah, I'm just going on and on and on and on because honestly, I would I would do anything for him. He could lead any man, any group, any man, woman, or child through anything. If I am in a foxhole surrounded by lightsaber-wielding Nazis, I want Jurgen Klopp there with me to lead us through. And, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm out of words for the man. Uh, well, that's a lovely way to end uh, your words. Yes, exactly. You'd want him there um, at that moment. Um, Karen... Jurgen Klopp, Shane spoke a bit there about, you know, the desire that's in the players, that he instills in the players and this never say die attitude. Mo Salah had a T-shirt, the best T-shirt you could possibly wear. Never give up. What can you say about Jurgen and give us some, some Jurgen appreciation? Um, I think the, the moment we resigned Jurgen, I started to believe that this man is going to bring us back to the level that uh, we are, we were, and um, he's done that. I mean, in all of his European campaigns, we've had three European campaigns under him, and in all these three campaigns, we've reached the finals, all the three occasions. Um, yeah, it was unfortunate that we lost both of them, but this is a third chance, and we're going to take this one in Madrid. And how good would that be? I mean, going to the city uh, whose team ripped us the title um, in last campaign and winning it in their soil. I mean, it's the other team, but it's still their own soil. I think that would be uh, cherry on the cake. Um, but this man has changed us from doubters to believers and now from believers to challengers. I mean, to achievers to whatever you positive word that comes in your mind, just put it over there in the blank. He's done that. He's not just transformed the club, he's revolutionized football. I mean, in all departments, you can see revenue, fan base, um, I don't know, football sense, everything. He's just, he's just massively transformed the whole club. And um, I really wish that he can stay with us till he's retiring from management. Um, and hopefully we can win so many titles with him. I mean, there's not enough words to describe this man, but I really think that this this is the right person to lead us. Absolutely, Karen. It's a brilliant answer. Exactly. He's given us so much. Uh, let's hope he stays there for ages. I don't know if you've uh, seen the comments that uh, Jose Mourinho made. He said that, you know, that last night's win was all about him and it was all about the emotion and the guts and the, you know, what did he say? He said, I didn't expect it. I said impossible. Uh, it's nothing. Uh, and if if it is possible, Anfield is where it could happen. But this victory for me has one name, and that's Jurgen. He said it's not about tactics, it's not about philosophy. This is about heart and soul, and a fantastic empathy he has created with this group of players. Fergus, you've been watching Liverpool for a long time. Um, you know, um, how does Klopp rate for you? Does he need to win something in order to be, you know, considered a truly great manager or is he there already? Uh, he's there already. Um, I think it's only, I think before he's actually um, sort of tattooed on, on the history of the club forever and when he, he'll probably get a huge banner on the cop, I think we have to win a league title or, or a Champions League. Um, 
So let's, you know, we'll talk about that in a bit, if, what, our, what our chances are in the final. But um, so, yeah, I think he, he's already, I mean, he's, he's totally transformed this club. Whenever Liverpool are involved now, when, when something is in their hands, when the match is in their hands, when there is a chance, you know, it, it can possibly happen. But I also think we have to, um, it's, Jurgen Klopp is the public face of the club and it's a, it's a marriage made in heaven. Liverpool Football Club and Jurgen Klopp, but also FSG, uh, Fenway Sports Group, came in. Uh, they took over the club and they've actually done a wonderful job. I mean, behind all of Jurgen Klopp, there's a team above Jurgen Klopp and, and beneath him. And all of that, they've really done, um, performed miracles to transform the club. I mean, Fenway Sports Group are a very intelligent group of people. Uh, they they also transformed the Boston Boston Red Sox. I'm sure Shane uh, knows more that, about that than me. But they hadn't won a, a World Series since the 1920s, and now they win win them fairly regularly. So I think there's a very very bright group of people, including Klopp, um, involved in the whole setup. And uh, and Klopp Klopp really has um, you know has, has led has has been the public face of that whole organization, and he's he's wonderful for us as fans and for the club as well. And as a tactician, um, he, he, as a philosopher, he's got a football philosophy. His football philosophy is one thing, is how we play and the style of play, rock and roll football, whatever you want to call it. And also his other philosophy is inclusiveness, how he includes everyone in the club, every player and every fan. You all feel that you're part of this club and this wonderful thing that's happening. And that's because of Klopp. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. He's he's the central figure in all of it, and uh, yeah, I might change my glasses to get some of those clear ones that he wears because he's just you know the, he's the coolest dude in town. Um, absolutely wonderful. Um, uh, speaking of winning stuff, let's finish this Champions League talk with. Um, you know, just just what you think is going to happen. You know, it, can it be our year, the first of June? Are you going? Because I've I booked my bus. Um, as soon as I woke up, I'm taking an 18 hour bus to get there. I haven't got tickets. Haven't got a place to stay yet. Uh, might stay up all night, uh, especially if we win it. I'm just there for like, you know, I arrive on the day of the game. I leave the next day, and it's it's. I just I just have to be there, and I think. Um, you know, I think we can win. I think nothing's done yet. Um, you know, if we play Spurs or Ajax, both will be extremely tough. Um, but we will be favourites for a reason. That's all I can say. And I'm, I believe in the boys and I've booked my bus. Uh, so just before, I want to talk about the Premier League after. But just to, 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 to finish this this section what do you think uh, what do you think Shane can we do it can we can we can we win number 6 on the 1st of June absolutely we will win it six times in madrid without a doubt i mean this is this whole season has had this air this quaffed of monkey off the back we've been putting them to bed whether it's bayern munich for klopp or or uh, you know uh, neymar and psg or now the latest one. I mean, the biggest, the biggest, uh, the biggest part of that whole story, that whole um, uh, storyline, is definitely Bar- Barcelona. Is getting through Barcelona and then Suarez and Coutinho and the people who have left, and then getting through that um, and showing that over two legs we can beat any team in the world. Um, so yeah, I have no doubt about anybody we go up against. Uh, in the Champions League final, I believe we've got too much riding on it. And the last uh, part of that story is winning the Champions League final is getting is getting what we deserved uh, our fair shake from what happened last year in Kiev. Um, so yeah, I have I have no doubt that we're going to win it. Wonderful stuff. I love the confidence. And uh, Karen, what about you? You're you're always an optimistic guy. I mean, can we can we hammer Spurs or Ajax, whoever makes it to the final? Yeah, I think it's going to be really tough, uh, the final, obviously, because um, it would be lovely for Ajax to play in yet another European Cup final. Um, And for Tottenham, it will be the first time ever, I think. Um, So it's going to be really tough to see who's going forward in the semi-final. And whoever the opponent is, I think um, this is our season. 
Um, this is our campaign, and we're bringing the sixth one home on the first of June. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a very interesting game, but I think we've got this. Well, there you go. So that's two. That's uh, two out of two. Well, three out of three, including me, believes we 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 can do this. I th- I think we got it. I'm feeling positive. We're feeling. We're all feeling positive. Are, are are you amongst us, Fergus, as well? Oh, definitely. I can't see anyone taking the Champions League from us this year. There's a momentum. Uh, there's a force with Liverpool now. Um, and the experience of last year, what happened last year, we don't feel we did ourselves justice in the final last year. We were the better team than Real Madrid. Uh, they used all sorts of shithousery tactics, uh, including injuring our best player. So this year, we're, we're a year older, a year wiser, and a year better. So that there's, whoever we, we get in the final, we, we're definitely going to win. And I'll, I'll be going as well. Um, Madrid is not too far from me, and I'll either drive or, or get a public transport, get a train over there. But yeah, I'll be just there for the party. I don't have a ticket. Um, uh, I don't need to have a ticket. I'd like to get a ticket. Who knows? But uh, I'm not going to spend a huge, um, you know, an insane amount of money, which is what you do have to spend these days. But I'll be just be happy to go, go there, eat some nice food, um, have some nice drinks, and 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 find a, a crazy bar to watch the match in, and just party and celebrate. Fantastic. We'll have to do it together. We'll 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 we'll, we'll coordinate, Fergus. We'll meet up for a drink. We'll find the craziest bar in Madrid, and we'll invite all of you. Cop on listeners as well. We can all have our own party in Spain. That that'll be fun, wouldn't it? Sounds great. Sounds great. Yes, let's do that. Excellent. So, um, all right. Well, let's uh, let's move on uh, to the Premier League because uh, the Newcastle match that that Divocarigi again a winner on Saturday was was mercurial. Uh, was was heroic. And then City go and do what they do. I thought I thought they deserved to win the match, but the the manner in which they did it, Vanson Company top corner, and it was only yesterday that I woke up, and you've got those couple of seconds where you don't know what's happening really, and then you remember something, and I was like, oh fuck, Company's goal. It was the first thing that struck me when I woke up yesterday was that ball flying into the top corner and I was like well it's not going to be our year is it but last night I don't know I still think I believe in Glenn Murray I'm and I believe more in Glenn Murray today than I did yesterday um Karen um it is it is it all over or am I, I mean am I kidding myself no, it's not over yet. If you if you recall um, the season where City won the, the first title, it went to the last day, um, and both of them had to win. But um, since City's goal difference was higher, all they had to do was win the game, and the season was and the title was theirs. So I think it's similar. It's a similar situation where both of us need to win on the last day. If City win, they win the title, and if we win and they drop points, we win the title. So uh, I believe that it's not over yet. Brighton have done really well against Arsenal. I mean, they've been really poor all season, but um, I think they are a good defensive side, and um, since they are safe in the Premier League following the relegation of Cardiff City, I think it's going to be really hard for Brighton to defend really well. But um, I want to keep all my hopes on for Brighton. Um, I hope that they really put on a good defensive show. It's not easy to to hold them off, even though they play on their own ground. But it's not really easy to hold them hold them off. But if they do, and if City drop points and we win, you know what's going to happen next. So um, my hopes are for Brighton to get a result of out of a very difficult game. And I think we should line up uh, the same team that we did against Barcelona yesterday and uh, win the game and hope that City drop points. So I think to summarize my point, I'm saying that it's not over yet. Let's just focus on our game and let's hope that Brighton get result out of nothing. Well, it's a very good summary. Um, Shane, has has, uh, yesterday's game changed your level of belief 
about the Premier League. I mean, how how do you feel about it going into the last game? Just to be clear, Brighton, as Karen said, they're, they're 100% safe from relegation. They have nothing to play for. Uh, Wolves also have nothing to play for. They're guaranteed to finish seventh, which is their their best finish since 1979-1980 season. Uh, so congratulations to them. I mean, they, 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 they've done... Um, superbly well. They're a brilliant team. Diogo Jota, I'm a bit worried about him, 22 years old. He's a very, very tricky player. And Jimenez, and they've got danger around the park. Can we beat them? Can Brighton get anything, Shane? Um, I definitely, I definitely have hope. I'm not going to be delusional about our expectations. Um, all right, I'm not going to be delusional about that. I mean, yeah, the if you look at it uh, statistically, the the chances are not in our favor, um, but I don't think that's any reason to not have hope that something could happen. I mean, in this heavyweight slugfest that we've been going back and forth with Man City, I mean, we've learned that anything can really happen, um, and and I feel like our win last night was actually the perfect. Perfect, perfect response to company's outrageous screamer against Leicester for them to win like that and and to feel like they've won it already, to feel like they've got it within their hands, that they did what they absolutely needed to do to 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 win the league. And I think they were also feeling good knowing that we were probably feeling a little downtrodden about after the first leg uh, in Barcelona. But for us to then respond to company's screamer, by beating Barcelona 4 nothing at Anfield. I mean, I felt like it was just back to you, City, for your response now. Um, yeah, I honestly think after watching that, I think there's going to be something in City's head. I think it just puts that much pressure on them, knowing that we can co- overcome everything and that nothing less than a win will do. Not even a one nothing win for them, because even if it's one nothing, even in the final, final, final minutes of stoppage time, Glenn Murray could could nick something in and it could be a draw and they could lose it all. Um, so yeah, um, I'm also I'm also hoping that the fact that it, they, everyone has made Brighton seem like a step over, like the fact that <laughs> that Leicester were the last possible points uh, they had to drop uh, to drop points. And so yeah, I'm hoping Brighton use that as motivation to say like, look, you think you've already won? We're still here in the Premier League. We made it. You still have to get through us. Um, so, yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. Fergus, Man City are a magnificent team. I mean, they're absolutely heroic. They've won 12 or 13 matches in a row. Um, they they won 18 in a row last, last season, which has uh, smashed all records. They're incredible. But does yesterday's result for Liverpool, the 4-0 against Barcelona, does that change your opinion about the league do you think it will have any impact or they will you know as the form book says wipe the floor with brighton and hove albion the only thing that we can control and this is sounds like i'm uh, rabbiting or parroting klopp is our own matches and our own destiny i think ever since the bayern munich away match where we thumped them 3-1 away this team has had sort of an unbreakable will and belief I think that, that that's had more of an effect on the team's psychology and belief than any other match this season. And, you know, until last night, it, for me, it was the best match of the season, the best performance of the season. So since then, I think we've won every match. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we have. Um, so what we can do, what is within our power, within our control, that's what we can do. We can overcome. So we will overcome. I'm sure we'll overcome Wolves on Sunday. Uh, you know, the whole of Anfield and the whole team will be just carried through on a huge um, wave of emotion and positivity. And I, I don't think Wolves w- will be able to stop us on Sunday. I think we'll win that. Anfield will be bouncing and jumping. It'll be in a huge party mood. So that's the only thing we can control. As for City, um, they've shown time after time this season that they can and do um, uh, overcome their own obstacles as well. And they've been able to win all of their matches, um, you know, as, well, since, since January, I think. So I, I don't see City losing on Sunday. 
Um, I see them winning. I see us winning. But what we do have is, is we have extended and prolonged the season. So whatever happens Sunday, um, and, and there is a slight chance. I mean, this is football after all. There's a slight chance that Brighton can, can get a draw. As um, Shane pointed out, you know, Brighton have their own personal and professional pride. They're a good defensive side. And they, they would love to be... Um, you know, see the spotlight will be on them on, on Sunday as well. So they'd love to be the ones who, who can have a say in the title race. So there's always a slight chance. But anyway, whatever happens on Sunday, I think that uh, everyone knows we're going to Madrid. I don't even know the date yet, but uh, everyone knows we're going to Madrid for a massive um, uh, game there. So, you know, that, that's, that's going to, you know, prolong our season and uh, that's you know, we, we can just wait and see what happens on Sunday. And what all we can say is we're going to the final day of the season, and we and the double is still on the double, and it's the, it is the biggest double. It's the the Champions League and and Premier League double. It's the only one that really counts. The FA Cup doesn't. Well, I mean, some traditionalists will still say that the FA Cup is is a really important uh, trophy. Uh, it pales in comparison to the Champions League and and the. Um, and the Premier League, and you know, and this is what I've been saying all season as well: is we don't prioritise one over the other. We go for both. I think big clubs. You don't see clubs like um, Real Madrid or Barcelona or Juventus uh, prioritising one over the other. Okay, Real Madrid do, but I mean we don't. Um, long before, you know, long before Barcelona, Man United, or Real Madrid were the biggest of the best club sides in the world, it was Liverpool. Liverpool was always the biggest and best club side in the world as I was growing up and that's where we are again we're back we're back in that conversation and that's why we compete on both fronts and that's why going into the end of the season the last two games of the season we're still in with a shout for both that's absolutely beautifully put that's absolutely beautifully put I mean we have to we have to sort of wrap this up unfortunately uh, there's so much we haven't talked about Liverpool as Fergus said we're 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 back on top. You know, the whole world was watching that. I've been getting lots of messages from, from fans of different clubs from around the globe congratulating Liverpool, uh, you know, and congratulating all of us for being fans of the greatest team. And, uh, you know, to, to speak to three of you here, for, for Shane and your first cop on, uh, for Fergus and for Karen, thank you so, so much, you guys, for... for, for, for helping to to you know try and make sense try and find at least some words to describe the the megalith the monster that is liverpool fc 2018 2019 thank you so much guys thanks again so that pretty much brings us to the end of episode 34. But before we take some bread and mop up the very last of its sauce, let me just thank you very much, you, the glorious and sage listener, for being with us on Carpon. Liverpool and Jurgen Klopp have given us so much this season. It's been unbelievable. Incredible, what a journey. I'm delighted to have shared it with you. And, you know, what I was thinking a couple of days ago was, you know, we're probably going out. And I was trying to prepare what I was uh, going to say during this episode. And, 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 and one thought that occurred to me that, you know, whether we win the Premier League or now, whether we win the Champions League or not, the only thing we can really be sad about is that, you know, we don't continue to watch these guys each and every week so until the next episode which will be the other side of the Brighton match and the conclusion of the Premier League whatever happens um, we can be proud we can hold our heads up high but you know it's not quite over yet is it Boris Johnson hasn't sung has it 